Happy New Year, Happy New Year, and damn, are we so glad to get 2023 behind all of us. And that being said, I am going ahead and pop this cork and toast with you. There we go. And cheers to you. And I'm going to have a little sip of this lovely champagne. Here we go. Mm. Great. Again, Happy New Year. And we're going to start the show with New Year, Same You. Like, what does that mean? It's always New You, uh, right? New Year, New You? No, this is New Year, Same You. Statistics have shown and studies have um, been done, I believe back in 2016, I say only 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. Um. And in fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit their resolutions by the end of the first week and 43% quit by the end of January. So what's the phenomena behind that? Well, I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on this. Here's the thing. As human beings, we don't like change. Let's just be honest. Change is hard. Making a resolution to become a different person or do something different is is great. Um, it's good to proclaim, but change is hard. And the problem is most of us enjoy the comforts of the bubble that we have created. To get outside of that, to step outside the door of the walls that we put up around us that make us feel safe, and to actually challenge ourselves to do something better or different is hard. And we don't like that. You see, once we get into a routine and we settle into what we feel comfortable with, most of us don't want to be challenged. We tell ourselves we do, but most of us don't. And I believe that's why many of us fall short. It's not that we don't want to change. It's not that maybe you don't want to be this new person. It's just, it's a struggle. And the other problem that we have, especially in today's times, is everybody wants things to happen now. Everything is instant. Instagram, Instapot, Instacoffee, you get the idea. Everything's instant. We don't like to put the work in. Most people don't like to put the work in anyway. And there lies the issue, one of the issues. But I think there's something deeper. Some basic things like, oh, I'm going to vow to change my hair color or, you know, the one that hardly anyone ever achieves, lose weight. These are just common, easy things uh, that we can say we're going to you know, do. But, for example, losing weight goes back to comfort and habits and the fact that we're comfortable with those habits. The actual work that it takes to lose weight is hard. And there goes back to what I said earlier about we don't really like change because change is hard. But how about this? How about the fact that Maybe sometimes the resolutions that we proclaim that we're going to achieve aren't really what we want. And this is one of the reasons I say New Year, same you. You're going to stay the same person because it's not just comfortable to you, but you feel it's comfortable to everybody else as well. 
They accept what you have become, even if it's not really who you are. You've gone so long suppressing who you really want to be or really, again, are the person that you put in the closet and don't show to anybody because you don't want to make others uncomfortable, but you're miserable and you're not moving forward in life, enjoying yourself for who you are. Maybe it's time that instead of proclaiming some new, you know, goal, like I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to clean my closet out or whatever the hell it is. Why don't you take a moment to really reflect on you, what you really, really want, what really makes you happy. That can be a career, that can be a relationship, that can just be your existence, to be quite honest. And why not pursue that and really become who you are? Because we only have, as far as we know, on this earth, we have one life. And why waste it? Every year that goes by is a year you don't go back. Or, or I'm sorry, it's a year you don't get back. And you're never going to get that time back. And why sacrifice any more of your time being something you really are not? I say this year, in 2024, be the you that you really are. Not what people expect. Not what makes you comfortable. But be the you that makes you happy and makes you feel good about yourself. Because that is the real you. And in 2024, I say, let's just be the real you. No more bullshit. No more hiding. No more trying to live up to to expectations. Just be your fucking self. And I say, cheers to that. And I will take another sip. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last show of 2023, I was a bit criticized for being too political and a little bit too hard, but... I'm not going to apologize for that. Listen, this show is really about things that affect our lives, you know, whether it be in the USA or around the world. And unfortunately, um, hardcore politics and what goes on in the political realm literally does affect us. And it is a part of our lives and choosing to ignore it or try to brush it under the rug. Doesn't make it better. Um, Trying to stay ignorant of something is really not becoming a better human being, nor is it making you a contributing member of this society. So that being said, I'm going to dial it back for the second half of the show. I'm going to talk about something that is a part of our culture. I'm going to talk about tip culture. Tipping really started as a way to reward for service, um, basically became something that was the norm in the 1900s uh, back in Europe, and it really had more to do with the aristocracy and where they can gain more favor for better service from servants or providers. Um, and also was a way to, at the time, you know, get the inside info. So it was more of an exchange for not just service, but oftentimes to get that little inside info from the other, um, about the competing aristocrats within your circle, for example. It was really all for social status. Um, But all in all, it was really, again, you tipped for a good service, or it was also incentive that if you tipped well and continued to tip well, you would continue to get 
great service. And you're raising the bar of expectation. In turn, it did motivate those within a service industry or providing services to provide a better service because they knew they would be rewarded for it. But fast forward into good old USA, the United States of America. And, well, quite frankly, how the employers and corporations were able to take advantage of tip culture to their benefit. In the 1960s, um, U.S. Congress decided to pass something called a tipping credit. And a tipping credit is really a way for the employer to offset their minimum uh, wage requirements to an employee. Okay. And what that means, for example, in today's times, I believe the minimum wage is $7.25. Now, for anybody within um, that, that has a job in an industry where tips are the norm, for in, in, in a great example has always been uh, a waiter, waitress, you know, in the service industry where mostly it has to do with restaurants or food service. It was understood that you're going to get tips. And they would assume that, well, you, you're allowed to, well, it wasn't assumed. It was more like they're telling the employer, you're allowed to take into account that because the employee will be getting tips, that it will help contribute to the minimum wage that they would need to earn. So that allowed the employer to take what was called a tip credit. For example, let's say um, Arizona. So the combined amount of tips plus minimum wage that the employer is responsible for would add up to 1385. Now, 1385 would be the combined of tips plus whatever the minimum uh, payment the employer will make after their tip credit. In the case of Arizona, the employer only has to pay $10.85 per hour out of that when because they're getting a tip credit of $3 per hour, which is what they estimate someone would make in tips. Um, going to Delaware, it's, it's a little more off-putting in the fact that Employers only required to pay $2.23 an hour. And they get a tip credit of $9.52 for the combined tip and minimum, um, minimum payment from the employer, which will equal $11.75 total. It's also important to note that there is in many states and also according to the minimum wage for tipped employees um, definition, and this is from the U.S. Department of Labor, that the definition of a tipped employee by minimum tips received monthly, unless otherwise specifies, is more than $30. So if you as a tipped employee make only $30 a month in tips, you will fall under the category of where an, an employer can apply the tip credit. So even if there is a minimum wage for everyone else, that's $15 in you know, that particular state you're in, if the state allows, um, allows an employer to take advantage of this tip credit situation here, you won't get that $15 an hour plus tips. No, no, you're going to get whatever the offset is from your employer. And then you're going to make up the difference basically by 
the fact that they assume you're going to get X amount of dollars per hour in tips anyway. Kind of bullshit. And really, this is why it's so important to tip people that work as a waiter or waitress or, you know, anybody that really is in service industry. But where this gets, and, and this is a whole conversation that I would like to dive into more because I think we need to abolish this bullshit. I think the reality is, you know, don't put the burden on your customers to make up the wages for your employees to provide a service that you in fact need for you to even stay in business. You should be able to pay everybody a fair wage um, and allow them to keep their tips, which honestly is the case in many states. For example, um, Alaska, California, Guam, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, and Oregon. Now, Montana has something where if the business with gross annual sales of over $110,000, they have to pay in $9.95 an hour. But the business not covered by the Fair Labor Standard Act with gross annual sales of $110,000 or less only has to pay in $4 an hour. Okay. But all in all, the like uh, California, $15.50 an hour is a minimum wage. That's what everybody has to pay regardless, even in the service industry. And whatever you make on top of that for your tips, you keep. So if you're uh, um, in the service industry in California, for example, $15.50 an hour isn't anything for you to get by on. Believe me, it, it doesn't pay for anything in California. But at least you get that as a steady source of income to build upon your total income with your tips. Now that makes it to where you can get ahead and you can add, let's say you're making a hundred to two hundred dollars a night. You're working three nights, you know, within that week, two, four, six hundred dollars in tips plus whatever your fifteen fifty is for those hours. Or you may even work a 40-hour schedule. You're just in a really busy uh, restaurant that's pretty well-known. And even if they just paid the minimum wage for 40 hours, you're still working, let's say it's a five-days-a-week schedule. You're getting $200 a night. You're probably getting more than that. But you're making an extra $1,000 a week just in tips on top of your $15.50 an hour. This is just an example. That's where it seems a lot more fair and easier for someone to get by and make a living in that particular industry. And believe it or not, some people in the restaurant, there are many people in the restaurant industry that love what they do and they like being in that particular industry. But they shouldn't be penalized for that. Especially in a position where they have to wait hand on hand and foot on you. Take whatever shit that they take from pretty much asshole customers. Not everybody is. You know, many people I think are very respectful of others that are in that position of being a server. I mean, hell, I was a waiter. I was a waiter for for uh, for a few years. I worked at a Denny's, <laughs> and I'll just say that for you to get get ahead, you really had to put on the charm and you know <laughs> bust your ass to make a living. Um, you know, I was going to school at the time, so it wasn't really you know what I was going to build my career on. But at the same time, I'd be damned if I was just going to make the minimum wage over there. I would easily walk away some nights two, three hundred dollars a night, easily. Sometimes five you know, at a Denny's, which was pretty good. But just saying, you know, it's, it's more, it's more palatable to be able to make tips plus not, not, not make up the difference based on what the federal government allows an employer to do. And then that takes away from all your efforts, I believe. Okay. But let's fast forward to where tip culture is being applied to areas that it doesn't need to be uh, applied to. For example, 
service uh, service at a fast food restaurant, as in, you know, where it's really just window service, no one's waiting on you. They're taking an order, putting it in, putting it on a counter, you grab it. There's nothing going on there. Drive-through, okay? Let's take Starbucks for as an example. I had some more time off over the holiday, basically, just because, you know, generally that's what happens around that time. And I got to get more drive-through coffees, you know, and whatnot. You know, that's how we all, all are. We're on the go shopping and whatnot. Starbucks. I can't get over the fact that every time you go through a drive-through now, you place the order. It's a fucking drive-through. There's a person on a microphone. You tell them what you want. They're not waiting on your hand and foot. They're not coming to your table, wiping your table down, giving you a glass of water, chit-chatting, none of that bullshit. Nothing. Not going anything above and beyond pressing a few keystrokes into a system so that it tells the barista which coffee to make, and then they hand it to you. But the first thing that they want to do when you pull out your debit card, credit card, you know, whatever form of payment, is they want to, first off, ask you, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to present you an option. Choose the best one that fits you. As in, choose what tip you want to give us. First off, you didn't do anything to earn a tip. You're not doing anything extra, and you're not even doing anything to where you have to interact with me the whole time. You're literally in a drive-thru, handing a coffee. Why, why has it become acceptable for them to try to bully you into tipping and make... And, and, in our culture, we have we have a culture of tipping. We're used to it, right? Uh, we're used to giving tips for good service and whatnot. But at the same time, it's it's tipping those who we know are working hard for us, and that they're going out of their way to literally bring the food to the table. Um, get me extra condiments, extra napkins. Get me, you know, water spills. They're there to wipe it up. Like there's a lot that goes into receiving a tip at a sit down restaurant versus ordering a fucking coffee at a drive through window, and then having the balls to put the customer on the spot and, and making it awkward. Look, the reason I went through drive through is because I want it fast and I don't really have time to interact. Give me my fucking coffee and move on. You're not there to, 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 to try to make me feel guilty about whether or not I'm, I'm giving you a tip. And by the way, Starbucks kind of unionized, I thought. They had some bullshit where they, were, where they were going ahead and wanted to raise the wages because they felt overworked and underappreciated. So they're making more money now. And on top of that, they're trying to get you to tip for just handing something through a fucking window. The madness has got to stop. And it's not just a Starbucks. There are other places that have been doing this as well. At a drive-thru. And if it's not a tip jar, it's literally built into their uh, payment system. Look, there's time and place. Let's realize where it applies and where it doesn't. Okay. Firstly, the fact that People in a service industry have to rely on the tip culture of America to even make a living is bullshit. And the fact that employers take advantage of this old, you know, this old law and, and basically just, you know, shirk their, uh, their, their um, obligation to pay an employee a fair wage is also bullshit. That person's working their ass off being, um, customer facing person of your business and you don't even have the decency to give them at least 
at least the minimum wage, which I believe no waiter should be working the minimum wage anyway, but you, you dare not even do that. And then take the tip credit so that you can offset your obligation by paying even less than minimum wage so that you pocket more money and more profit. And then on top of that, that person is taxed for that tip because now it's considered part of their income anyway. I say that we have to change this rule big time. And I think we start holding the employers, you know, responsible for it. Maybe we can do a tiered system that, you know, such as what Montana does. Like if it's based on, you know, a restaurant makes X amount of dollars a year, like less than 110,000. Okay, great. Maybe there's another tier, but at the same time, at least, you know, there's, there is a tier and there's options and we know where we're at, but to make it to where, for example, in Arkansas, you know, it's, an, it's supposed to be a, a combined minimum wage plus tips of $11 an hour. If you're in Arkansas, an employer gets a fucking tip credit of $8.37 an hour. What the fuck? They only have to be obligated to pay $2.63 an hour, the employer, because it's assumed that you're going to be making $8.37 an hour in tips so that you can make a combined wage of $11 an hour? Well, fuck that. That is some bullshit. So, all I have to say, Starbucks, no, fuck off. Don't even try to guilt me into tipping you. You're at a fucking window. You're not doing anything for me. I'm sorry. You're not doing anything different than when I order, um, you know, musical equipment from Sweetwater online. And I talk to my rep. I mean, granted, maybe they get a little commission, but I can order something on Amazon, for example. I'm not pressured to tip the store I bought it from. What's the difference between that interaction and me going, you know, venti caramel macchiato? Okay. And they reply, that'll be $5.75 or whatever. And then I go to the window. I pay hand over the goods. I drive away. There's nothing more to it. Where do I owe you a tip? I don't. I literally don't. If you don't like your wages, change it. Most of these jobs are supposed to be there for interim anyway. And for those that do have to do those jobs for a living due to whatever, whatever situation, I get it. I'm sorry. But you still don't get a tip for taking an order at a drive-thru. And for those working in the restaurant industry at a sit-down diner, I'm sorry, employer. Fuck you. Pay them a fair wage because you're making money off of their back. And... Many people say, well, you chose a job. In many cases, yes, that is. There's a lot that goes into the, to the job that someone has, you know. But at the same time, make it fair. Don't, don't let the, let's not let the employer profit off the hard work of that server and then allow them to take advantage of that server because the federal government says it's okay. Fuck that. It shouldn't be okay, and it's not okay. I say, let's be good human beings. Let's treat everybody respectfully. And yeah, let's do better, you America. I'm sorry. Let's abolish tip culture. Let's make that something that we should do in 2024. And let's get rid of tip culture. Because tip culture is just nothing more than a way for the employer to make more money off the backs of the hardworking American. And hold your breath and feel the tension Devils hide behind redemption Honesty is a one-way gate to hell